Hey, well, good morning. I am excited to be back in the saddle this week. Uh, we're going to continue our series called Space. Uh, we're in week four of this series. Uh, I encourage you to go back and listen to the whole series. That way you can get the context of the whole idea of what we're trying to teach here. Um, but man, how many of you are excited that it's Christmas season? Anybody? Okay. How many of you are, that, that's your favorite holiday? Favorite holiday? Man, we got a bunch of Scrooges in here. Oh man, I, I love Christmas. I, it, it's actually becoming one of my, Thanksgiving used to be, but Christmas, there's just something about Christmas and the joy of it and what comes with it. Uh, last night we were walking downtown and my, you know, Brielle is yelling about the Christmas tree. Uh, there's just a joy that should come with Christmas, even in the midst of your circumstances and what uh, you could be going through. I know for some, uh, including my family, we're going to have a loved one that it's going to be our first Christmas without him. Uh, but there, there's, there's still joy in the midst of that and it only can come from Jesus, and that's why we celebrate him. And so I'm excited for Christmas uh, to get here. Um, week one in this series of space, I talked about there's purpose in your space. Some of you wander in this life, and, and we had to understand that uh, we had to answer the question of why am I here? Uh, why did God put me here? It wasn't just so that you could work uh, and pay bills and, and raise a family. That, that, that is such a, a small glimpse of why God put you here, but every one of you uh, have a purpose. He's actually uniquely wired you and gifted you with spiritual gifts uh, to accomplish that purpose. And, and we talked about that in week one. In the second week, uh, I broke down uh, our heart. Man, our heart is deceitful. It lies to us. And, and so we need to clean that space up. You might have anger. You might have unforgiveness. You might have bitterness. And, and, and you need to go and take a, a self-evaluation, a heart check, and, and clean those areas up in your heart. Because the way uh, your heart is, that's the way you're going to live. And, and you need to make sure that space is healthy. And then uh, Anthony came up here last week. Didn't he do such a great job last week? Let's give him a round of applause. Man. I was bummed. Our, our service uh, with the whole metal building and everything, internet here is just not very good. And so our live stream cut out and then people were messaging Monday, man, where can we go uh, listen to that? Uh, how can I listen to it again? I want to share this with some friends. And I had to, I was bummed because all of it just got messed up and none of it got recorded. But man, he did a phenomenal job. That's why I love him. I trust him to come up here and bring the word to you. Uh, but he talked about, hey, you need to check your space. You need to check who's around you. You need to check who's influencing your life and who you're influencing uh, because it, it, after listening last week and I kind of throughout the week was just uh, applying it to my life, like checking my space, who, who I'm allowing access to my family uh, and, and all those areas. Man, it's so important. You know, so many times we teach our kids, be careful who, your friend, who you're friends with. Be careful who you're friends with. Uh, you know, some people say you, you go hang out with dogs, you're going to come home with fleas, right? And it's funny though because adults only think that can apply to children. But adults are the same way. Adults, you hang out with, with people who will influence you in such a way they can, they're either leading you to Jesus or they're leading you away from him. And, and, and you can uh, visually see it. If you were to take a, a, a pause and check your space, you're like, man, as I've been hanging out with these people more and I no longer want to do this or that. I, I no longer speak in such a way. It's because uh, the power of influence uh, is so vital. And so it's just not for children. It's for every, uh, every believer and every person that you need to check your space and who you're hanging out with. And, and then today, uh, I, I'm kind of uh, part two of the heart space, okay? We talked about, hey, there's some things that need to be taken out of your heart. You, you need to rid yourself of that. 
that that's in your heart. And today uh, I, I want to go on part two of that. And so I want to read Matthew chapter five. If you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and open those up. Uh, if you're taking notes, uh, Matthew chapter five, verse 17, let's read it together. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. This is Jesus speaking, okay? Uh, this is in the context of one of the, uh, if not the best sermon ever preached. He's on the Sermon on the Mount. Go read all of Matthew 5, incredible text. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. Uh, before Jesus, the law was given to Moses. Uh, most people know it as the Ten Commandments, but it's just not ten. There's over 600 um, laws that people had to keep in order to be in right standing with God. Uh, I don't know about you, but that, that would be pretty hard. Uh, and if you didn't do that, there were sacrifices that need to be made at the altar with animals and bloodshed. Uh, hence, Jesus coming and being the ultimate sacrifice. Um, and so he, he's saying, hey, I didn't come to abolish that. I came to fulfill it. So if you ever hear Christians talking about, oh, we don't live under the old law anymore. Yes, that's true. But Jesus didn't do away with it. Uh, he, he actually came and fulfilled it. And I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, Whoever relaxes one, of the, uh, relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. So again, he's saying, hey, that old law, it's still good. It, there, it still serves purpose. Uh, David, King David would say that my heart delights in the law, that the law is sweet to my lips. Uh, I don't know if you think about the Old Testament that way, but that's how good it is for us. And then he goes on. And says, but whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds, righteousness is right standing with God, that God, uh, that, that you are, you pretty much, you're entering the kingdom of heaven because he sees you as perfect, holy, and blameless. Righteousness exceeds that of all the scribes and Pharisees. Remember, we talk about this all the time. The scribes and the Pharisees, they were really, really good at on the outside, but it was on the inside that they had problems. So they were really good at keeping the law. They did all the right things. They said all the right things. And so unless your righteousness exceeds that, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, and I don't know about you, but I want to enter the kingdom of heaven. And so we're going to look at what that looks like today. And so I want to title today's message, Replace the Space. Replace the Space. Let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you so much for today. I thank you, God, that uh, people are here to, to worship your name, to, to tell you that you are worthy, Father, and that we can do that as a church family. I pray for all of the families here at Road Church that are traveling and that are on the road this weekend, God. I pray that you would keep them safe. Uh, I pray for health during this season, Lord, uh, as we see a lot of sickness going around. I pray that you would just protect all of us, Father. Uh, we ask all these things in your son's name. Amen. Let's be honest. Whether you grew up in church or you didn't, most of the time when you think about church and you think about Christianity, you think about the Bible, you think about being in relationship with Jesus, if you go back to the first that you were introduced, most of the time it's this thing in us that believes that Christianity is all about don't. Don't do that. Don't do that, right? Uh, and, and I'm here, man, as a father, number one, that's not how you teach your children about Jesus don't do this, don't do that, okay? It's so much more than that. And that's why a lot of people grow up or they come into church ha having uh, this assumption that everything's about don't do, that that's what the Bible teaches, don't get drunk. 
Everybody, that, that's just a thing that is tied with Christianity. Don't kill somebody. No matter how mad they make you, don't kill them, right? Uh, don't, uh, don't, don't have sex before you're married, right? That's a, that's a huge one that's tied to Christianity uh, that people come in believing like, oh, I just can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Um, don't cheat on your spouse. Don't cuss. All these things about don't, and then it goes into a deeper heart issue. Don't harbor hate in your heart. Don't harbor unforgiveness in your heart. Again, there's still don'ts. Don't wander in worry. Don't worry about anything. Don't allow anxiousness to settle. And we believe that Christianity is all these don'ts. And now let me, preface, let me, let me say this. Those are all true. Those are all very grounded in the Scripture. You can find them in the Scripture that those are things that God uh, doesn't want us to partake in for our good. Okay, let, let, let me be clear on that. That is for our good. It's not because God isn't fun. It's because God is good and He wants good for His children. Okay, we don't tell our children, don't go play in the road because of, uh, you know, of the bad, even though that can happen. It's, be, it's be for their protection and for their good right? Same thing with the Bible. The Bible, God is for you, okay? I can't say that and stress that enough, that God is for you. And some of you need to believe that and actually believe it. There's times in my life that I've gone on in my life like, man, does God just hate me? Am I going through this because I just don't make him happy? Am I going through this because I've done bad? Am I going through this because of what I've done? And some of it is your own choices, right? Let's be honest. Some of it's your choices. You brought that upon yourself, but because we do live in a Genesis 3 world, a broken, sinful world, uh, bad things happen, okay? You've heard the famous question, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, it's because there's no such thing as good people. <laughs> We're all guilty of sin, and Jesus is the only good one. And so all those things that the Bible talks about, about don't, uh, man, they're, they're true. And, and all the things that we talked about, those being in our heart, we need to clean up, Okay? But, and there's a big but right here, okay, and I don't want to lie to you, there is a big but, but God never intended us just to void those things from our life. In other words, he never just said, hey, don't do these things, don't do these things, don't do these things, and say, all right, see ya, and just leaves us here to be, okay? He never intended us for, for just to leave us in a state of void, because if you do, and you, you take these things and you apply them to your life, and you say, you know what, I do need to forgive that person, now you no longer have unforgiveness in your heart. You say, you know what, I no longer need to have hate and anger uh, and bitterness built up, and you get rid of that, and you, you say, you know what, I lay that at the feet of Jesus, and you walk away, your heart is still void, there, there, there's still a void there because it's empty. You've ridden yourself of that, and now there is still an empty place. And, and let, me caught, let, me, let me throw this before you. Let me lay it before you that if you don't replace those things, those things will creep back into your life. It's easy to forgive somebody and then walk away and then find out later that there's still unforgiveness there. It's because you didn't replace it. You, you, you can hate somebody and say, you know what, I'm no longer going to hate them. And then the next time you see them, you're like, man, why do I feel that way still? It's because you didn't replace it. And everything that we're, we're all the don'ts in the, in the scripture, we don't just not want to do them, but we also want to replace them or they will come back into our life. Because if we don't, then we can't live the life abundant that Jesus called us to live. How am I going to live a life abundantly if my heart is still void? Impossible. So it must be replaced. 
Adriana and I, uh, man, if you're close friends with us or your family, you know that we live pretty busy lives. Like our, we always have something. It feels like every day there's something that needs to be done, whether it's practices, uh, piano, basketball, uh, art, real groups, church stuff. Church stuff takes a lot of our time. Uh, dinners with people in the church, trying to get to know everybody, friendships, just to try to maintain healthy friendships. Our family, we have a lot of family here in Midland. Um, uh, just so many things, it feels like there's always something going on. And, and every once in a while, there will be a time where space opens up and when we have some free time. And we're like, hey, man, what are we going to do? Like, let's take the kids out. Let's go have some fun. Like, let's actually just hang out. And it's like, oh, I got to go home and clean, right? Anybody, anybody ever say that? Got to go home and clean. We can't do that because got to go home and clean. Got to go home and clean. It feels like we're always cleaning. And when you have a one-year-old terrorist in your house, you always have to clean. Like he just rips out things for no reason. Yesterday he was sitting in the bathroom sink with his socks on, just brushing his teeth, like, and throwing water everywhere. There's always something that needs to be clean. And, and so we decided, you know, and, and so in the midst of that, it's hard to, uh, there, there's a challenge to maintain healthy relationships, healthy friendships. This week, we actually got to go have dinner with some good friends of ours, Ronnie and Katie, right here, uh, because we, we decided, you know what? We need to maintain a clean house. We can't, we can't keep blaming our, our kids. We, they do create a mess, but we need to teach them this is going to be a clean house. And so finally, uh, we clean our house, and then you find this space. You might have found yourself there before where your house is clean, everything's good, and you're like, man, now I finally have time, and you're sitting on your couch like, well, then what do we do? <laughs> right? Uh, I don't, is there anything to do? I don't want to go spend money. But it feels like every time I step out of my house, I, I at least spend $100, right? <laughs> uh, just stepping out of my house, like, cha-ching. Uh, and, and so, but you're sitting there, you're twirling, and I'm like, man, what do I do with this space? Because we've, we've cleaned, right? We've cleaned, but we need to replace that, that space with something. We need to replace it. And so uh, we actually had time to go and have dinner because we were, uh, we finally kept a whole week, a whole week where we walked into our house and we weren't stressed once because our house was clean. And it just dawned on me though that we, we didn't replace anything. But then I got to thinking more, you know what we did? Because we finally just got to say, you know what? Let's just rest. Some of us, every, you talk to everybody, I'm tired. I'm tired. Oh, I'm ready for Christmas break. Oh, I'm tired. And it's like Christmas break comes or just like Thanksgiving break. And then at the end of Thanksgiving break, you're like, oh, I'm tired. That was supposed to be a week of rest, right? Anybody with me? And, and, and so there's all this space, but man, are we replacing it with something? And I want to submit something to you today that many of you have been doing a great job cleaning areas of your life. You've been coming to church and you've taken the things that I'm laying before you and you're applying them and you're saying, you know what, there are some things in my heart, there are some things in my life that I need to get rid of, uh, take better care of, uh, whatever it may be. But where we find fault is, man, we're not replacing it with anything. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. And so we see in our text that, that Jesus says, hey, I, I came not to abolish the law. He says, I came to fulfill it. And so uh, in other scriptures, the, the Bible says that God has written the law of God on our hearts. And so something in, in, in you, no matter if you call yourself a Christian or if you don't, there's something in you that knows, man, there's something more. Why do I feel 
like that when injustice happens in our world. I don't know if you read the story this week about the seven-year-old girl who was kidnapped from her driveway and, and was murdered by the UPS or delivery guy. When something happens, you know whether you call yourself a Christian or not, there's something in you that says, man, that's injustice and that's not right. It's because you have the law of God written on your heart. And then we see in other scriptures too, and this is the tension that we're living on, is that we need to replace our heart of stone with a heart of flesh. But only God can do that. Only God can do that. Because here's what happens. You start cleaning up your heart and you start saying, man, there's these areas in my life that I need to, I need to get right with God. And, and you get them right with God. And, and here, here's the problem. If you don't replace it with the right thing or person, which if you haven't got by now is the person of Jesus, you're going to find yourself patting yourself on the back saying, man, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. And some pride will start building up in your life. And you're like, man, look at those people, right? And, and once you start talking about those people, you're already in a bad place. It's because you, you voided yourself of those things, but you replaced it with pride. And that's why we must replace with Jesus. And Jesus is saying, hey, I, I am here to do that. Uh, I want to read it. It says, therefore, who, uh, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called the least in the kingdom of, God, of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called the righteousness of God. God says uh, all the time, I talked to people and, and I shared this with our real group this week. Uh, I had watched a podcast and it's a, it's a guy who has a very, very big platform on YouTube um, and, and is a self-proclaimed atheist. Like he doesn't believe there's a God. He's pretty open about it. He actually calls religion uh, like BS is what in his words, he says that religion is just bull. And his basis for that is what I found really interesting. And he said this because he invited, I wasn't just watching this podcast just to indulge myself in it, but he invited a Christian YouTuber on his podcast who I like and listen to. And he began using his basis. The reason why he believes that about Christianity is because there's too many Christians who don't, who don't live the way they claim to believe. He says, man, you talk to Christians and, and, and he goes, this is just what I believe. If you claim that you love and you serve and you believe that there's a God, that should be the most important thing in your life. It should be the most important thing in your life. Let me ask you this morning, uh, how, how much Jesus is in your life? How, how much Jesus is in your home? We, we've had a recent thing in our country uh, where uh, I believe it was Balenciaga, they, they, they came out with, how many of you saw that with the children and it was evil and, and it talked about all kinds of things. And, and I see all these parents getting upset and I was like, yeah, but are you teaching, are you teaching where you're responsible for in your home? And then we blame the culture, right? We talked about this two weeks ago. We blame the culture. We blame the schools that, oh, you're taking the Bible out of the school. That's fine, but is Bible in your home? Is prayer in your home. And, and we want to point our fingers at everybody else, but we have to look at ourselves, man, like, man, is he really that important to me? Or are my kids' activities more important? Is my job more important? Is my money more important? Is everything else that culture wants to offer you more important than him? And I, I just sat there and I thought about that. And the Christian YouTuber just looks at him and goes, man, I agree with you. We have too many people just sitting on the fence and, and you're really claiming to love Jesus and you're giving Christians a bad name because of the way that you're living. 
because he's not the most important thing. And I'm here to challenge you today, man. Is he the most important thing? Has he replaced those things? Because I, I know some people who uh, maybe struggled with alcohol for years and years and years, and they're no longer alcoholics, but they've replaced it with gaming, and they're addicted to gaming. I know people, let me throw it out. I know people who've struggled with alcoholism, and they've replaced it with religion. And so they think that every time the church opens, and just because they're here, that that's good. But man, I'm here to tell you, you need to replace whatever it is with Jesus. You have unforgiveness, replace it with Jesus. You have bitterness, replace it with Jesus. You, you're anxious all the time about your children, replace it with Jesus. Because too many people are replacing it with the wrong thing. And he says, hey, if you love me, Jesus in another text says, this is how you know uh, that you love me. And this is how I know if you'll love me. And he says, if you follow my commandments, if you follow my commandments. See, we live in a day and an age where uh, cultural Christianity is what they call it. It's like, oh, come to church and everything's so, you're awesome and you're beautiful. Uh, you're, you're, you're just great. And, and man, you are just the best thing that's ever happened to this planet. And I look at the scripture and I was like, man, I don't see that. I see that you, are, you, you have shortcomings, you have fault, you have sin, and you need to repent. You need to turn away from those things. And you need to replace those things with Jesus. And then you need to follow his teaching, follow his commandments. That's what disciple means, a follower of Jesus. Okay? Are we getting this this morning? We, gotta, we, we must have our lives consumed with Jesus, not with church and church activities. Don't get me wrong. With Jesus. So the moment you feel anxious, boom, prayer. The moment fear tries to settle, prayer. The moment you, you take on uh, life's happenings to us, boom, prayer. Worship happens. You know what? I'm not going to sit here and complain. I'm going to worship because the Bible says that I should do everything without complaining. Very simple things. Christianity is a very simple thing, right? And, and it's so funny because there's such simple uh, concepts we tell our kids all the time. How many of you told your kids to stop complaining this week, right? And then you turn around and what do you do at work? You complain. And it's like, stop complaining. How about you praise him for your job? Praise him for your paycheck. Praise him that uh, you might not be able to go buy a, a brand new car for Christmas, but thank God you're going to have a Christmas. Okay? We need to replace with the right thing. So let me ask you, what are you replacing with? What are you replacing all those things that you cleaned your heart of? What have you replaced it with? Is it activities and, and good activities to make yourself feel better? Or is it the person and the work of Jesus? Because that's what is going to sustain you. And what I mean by that, too many times I've seen people, because I've been doing this for a really long time, that people come into church and they're like on fire. Like, ah, I love Jesus. And they start, I'm not going to the club anymore. Thank God. I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not doing drugs anymore. And, and that's great. And you see, and you're like, oh my gosh, this person is really getting it. Their life is changing for the good. And then later on, you're like, man, I haven't seen them in like a month at church. I haven't seen them in a couple of weeks. I haven't heard from them anymore. And then you, you see them on social media and it's like they're posting all the things from their old life. It's because 
if you're replacing with good, that's going to run out. It will not sustain you because it doesn't have the power to, because even that is going to just, the, the, the feeling of good is going to run out. And so those people, they end up turning back to their old ways because they hadn't replaced it with the person and the work who can sustain them. So what are you replacing? Maybe it's a who, right? Too many times I see people in relationships and they're like, man, that person was toxic, toxic. I need to get rid of them. Boom. Ooh, my life is good. And then they go and replace it with another toxic person. And it's like, whoa, time out. That doesn't make any sense. And then all of, all, all of you, not me, you're like, dang, those people are crazy. They need to get rid of that toxic person in their life. Right? So it's just not removing. What's important is the replacing. And it must be with Jesus. I can't say that enough this morning. It must be with Jesus. Some people say, you know, I, I stopped listening to that kind of music. I don't listen to that music anymore, but you've replaced it with, with something else. You get the point. We need to replace with Jesus. So how does we do that? We don't do that. God did it. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says that he made him who knew no sin to become sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. He took Jesus and he said, hey, I need you to go do what they could not do. They couldn't follow the law that I sent Jesus to fulfill. And I need you to go live that kind of life. And so Jesus came down and we believe that he lived a perfect sinless life for the 33 years that he was on planet earth. Just think of that for a, that, that is something we believe as Christians that a man could come and live for 33 years with no sin. Some of you are like, dang, my husband can't do that for five minutes because he makes me mad. 33 years, perfect, spotless, sinless life. And then he laid his life down and his blood was shed. He, he, nobody took his life. He, he freely gave it. And he said, here, I will take on the sins of the world. I will take on the sins of Ronnie. I will take on the sins of Caleb. I will take on the sins of Adriana. I will take on the sins of Carlos and all the sins of the world, all the evil. I will take that because I didn't know what it was, but I will take it from you so that you can become the righteousness of God. What does that mean? So that God can see me as perfect and holy. I want to want to do this real quick because I did it with our RGs. If you were at RG on Wednesday night, you can't participate. Uh, if, let, let's talk about our grade that you would give yourself as a Christian, okay? Think of a report card. Think today you came to church and as you walk out the door, you're going to receive a, a report card. Some of you are going to walk out of here like your kids walk out of school, like. Right? How many, let's be honest, we're real church. How many of you if you were to give yourself a, a report card on your Christianity, you would give yourself a C. Let's be honest. Okay, we got some in the back. Yeah, there we go. Be honest. Be honest. Some of you are like, eh. Maybe a C plus because I came to church this morning. How many of you would give yourself a B? Like, hey, I, I'm all right. I'm all right. Don't be shy. Come on, raise those hands. I saw one. I, I'm on the worship team. I'm, I'm kidding, Tori. How many of you would give yourself an A plus? Like I, if Jesus were to give me a grade today, I'm an A plus. Anybody? Come on. Be, if you're feeling that, it's okay. Like, raise your hand. 
This is the problem with the church. We don't believe the Bible. And I'm here today. I, I remember when I was, man, I had to be in like 16 years old and I'm sitting across the table from my uncle. And he says, if you were to die tonight, would you go to heaven? Would you go to heaven? And I sat there and I was like, oh shoot. I don't know. I cussed behind mom and dad's back yesterday. And some of us, that's what we're, if I were to ask you today, if you were to die right now, just poosh, that's happened to me. I've been preaching one time and a lady just, poosh, I was like, damn, my preaching ain't that bad. Thank God she lived. It was, it was wild. But here's the thing. If Jesus became the sin that knew no sin so that I could become the righteousness of God, that's what the Bible says, then guess what? I'm an A plus. I'm not just an A, I'm an A plus. Because now when God sees me, if I've put my faith in him and I say, man, I believe in him, I follow him, I consider myself a disciple, I consider myself a Bible-believing Christian, then I've been washed by the blood of Jesus. And he sees me as perfect and holy and blameless. And so you can say, I'm an A+. Plus. Not out of pride, because you wouldn't just stop there. You'd say, I'm an A+, plus because of what Jesus did for me. An A+, plus, the righteousness of God. Worship team, you can come back up. What a beautiful, and th th this is all wrapped up into Christmas. This is why we celebrate Christmas. Because we believe that Christ, Emmanuel, meaning God with us, if you've put your, that's the whole story of the Bible, is God with us. He wants to be with us. He wants to dwell with you. He wants to be with you. In your times of anger, he's, He wants to be with you. He wants to let you know it doesn't have to be this way. In your times of anxiousness and worry and doubt and, and the unknown, He wants to let you know that I am with you. That's why we need to replace whatever it is that we've cleaned up with Jesus. Replace with Jesus. Jesus, and I want to look at another scripture. I believe they put it up in there uh, on the screen. It's, it's uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 9, and we're seeing this again, that he came so that we could be, become the righteousness of him. And it says this, and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own. Again, there it is. You can't do it. We can't do it. Never could, never will. That's why he sent his one and only son not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. Through faith in Christ. Believing in Him. That's it. You want an A plus on your report card? You want to know that you're going into heaven? From Put that back up. The moment you walk, uh, you take your last breath and you stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, it's having faith in Him. Not that you helped someone on the side of the road. Not that you uh, were nice to the cashier. Not that you were a good tipper. Not that you were a good tither. Not that you were a good churchgoer. Not that you never cussed. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. It's His righteousness imputed to you. And He's saying, son, daughter, I'm not worried about that. First, first I'm worried if you put your faith in me. So you need to replace whatever you've been replacing it and replace it with Jesus, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. It doesn't depend on your own doing. It will never will, and it, but it will lead you into those things. 
it will lead you to wanting to go to church. It will lead you into wanting to have community of people who, who are praying with you and worshiping with you. It will lead you into uh, the way you raise your children. Man, the Holy Spirit just, I wish I could have been there this week and I was in Abilene and my wife, I, I saw her um, yesterday for the first time in three days and uh, I met her at Kinley softball game and she's like, I have to tell you something. She goes, we were sitting in the car and I shared with you guys, uh, I'm not the best parent in the world sometimes. Last night I got angry at Kinley for a dumb reason and I need to apologize to her. But uh, I show up to the softball field to Kinley's game and my wife looks at me, she's like, I need to tell you something. And she goes, Briella was in the car the other day and we're driving. She goes, mama, I'm falling in love. And as soon as she told me that, I was like, hold up. Cause there's this little boy at her school that she always talks about. And she goes, and, and Adriana says that she was kind of busy and distracted and she didn't really catch it. And she goes, what? And Briella goes, mama, I'm falling in love. And then they kind of caught Adriana's attention cause she turned to the, her mind turned to the same boy that mine turned to. And I was like, I don't want to go to this preschool at a church and lay some hands on this kid. And she goes, mama, I've fallen in love. And Adriana goes, well, who, who are you falling in love with? She goes, I'm falling in love with Jesus. Man, and, and I can only say that it's not because we're good parents. It's not because we're pastors. It's not because it's, it's because Jesus, I've been praying, Lord, capture my children's heart at a young age. Because guess what? I don't want them to go through the things that I went through. Not that it were crazy. I don't want them to do the things that their mama did, not me, their mama. <laughs> Man, but I want my, my children to know and grow up loving Jesus, loving him. Legend's one year old and he, he can sing worship songs. Why? Because that's what we play. That's what we listen to. That, that, that's what's playing in the car. That's what's playing in the house. That's what's on our iPads. But it's because we've replaced those things with Jesus. And so this morning, I want to ask you, man, what are you replacing with? Is he Lord of your life? Is he Lord? Is he Lord? The problem in our world isn't that Jesus is just Lord, okay? The, the, the people in the past and even in today's culture, isn't the, the problem isn't that Jesus is Lord, it's that we believe as Christians that he is Lord over all, that he is Lord over you, he's over, Lord over me, he's Lord over my children, he's Lord over our government, he's Lord over our uh, anybody in power, he is ruler of all, but is he ruler of your heart? And this morning, I have good news for you. There's nothing you need to do but believe. Believe and repent. Repent means to turn away from. Got some things in our life that we need to turn away from, but we need to replace them and turn to Jesus. Not just turn away from, but turn, turn away towards. And it's Jesus. It's Jesus. I preach it every week. It's Jesus. Will you stand to your feet this morning? Man, he's good. How can there be joy? Because he is good. How can I walk around even though there's things in my life that I know uh, I'm, I'm worried about all the time that I'm anxious about? It's because he's, he's good and he's better and he's ruler of my heart. 
And, and I'm here to preach that good news to everybody that it's his goodness. It's his goodness. The Bible says it's his goodness that leads us to repentance. It's his goodness. He's that good.